Lamb of God and the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm incredibly thankful on this Good Friday for a good, good Father. Come on, who spared not his only son, but he gave him so you and I could know the power of being born again and free from sin. And I'm going to just read a very short passage of Scripture from 1 Corinthians 5, 7. The Bible said, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. I want to speak for a few minutes along these lines. Behold the lamb. If you'd like to get in this anointing that I'm going to teach and preach in, it's going to be sacred and solemn, high and holy tonight. God's glory is in this place. Hallelujah. Father, we lift our hands before you and we rest in the fact that, Jesus, you are our redemption. You are our salvation. Your blood has never lost its power. Thank you, Jesus, for being the Lamb of God for us and by thousands of people by live stream and online. I pray, God, that you will cause your spirit to rest in this room tonight as we hear your word. Remind us of how good you've been and how good you are, and we'll give you the praise. Somebody clap your hands and give the Lord praise tonight. You can be seated. The Bible says here, written by the hand of Paul to the Corinthian church, for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. It's very mighty when you understand who Paul is addressing here. He's addressing a Corinthian church that has been called up in division and they were super spiritual and they were trying to earn their way to God's heaven and to God's goodness and to God's grace. But how many of you know we are only here tonight because of the cross of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ? And so Paul makes a case and says in 1 Corinthians 5, for Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed and my goal for the next few minutes is to point you toward the Lamb of God. Jesus, who is the ultimate God in the flesh, Son of God, Son of Man, this Jesus 2,000 years ago, he came in humility. He who is the most became the least. He became the least one of us. So He became the least so the least one of us could be saved. In fact, when they talked about him, the, he was identified in his ministry as Jesus of Nazareth. If you know anything about Nazareth, Nazareth was considered to be the wrong side of the tracks. It was the rough area of town. No one even wanted to admit that they were from there. But Jesus, who is the most, became the least so the least of us could be saved. He identified with the lowest common denominator in humanity so anyone can find a Savior in Jesus Christ. He was not in a place where he was out of reach or out of touch, but he came for the common man. He came for us all. In fact, when they talked about Nazareth, one of the followers of Jesus, Nathaniel, asked this. He said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Jesus came in humility. And I would ask you tonight in this room, are we willing to walk that road of humility? To prefer others, to give so completely, and to seek not our own.
God is calling us in the last days to walk in humility before him. And may we have the mind of Christ. May we know that we are not our own and we've been bought with a price. May we understand that our works did not save us, that our goodness does not save us. May tonight we behold the Lamb of God. And as we march into this next season in power, may we march in knowing that we only are who we are because of Jesus Christ. It is him and him alone that has saved us and redeemed us. So he came in humility, but folks, he also came in fulfillment. The, the word fulfillment is actually two words. It means full and feel. He came and fully filled his assignment. He fulfilled the Old Testament prerequisites of prophecy to the letter. The Bible says in Zechariah 9, 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding a donkey, a colt and the foal of a donkey. And we know that that happened on, on Sunday, on that triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And this is just one of the many prophecies that Jesus fulfilled because he came in fulfillment. Jesus was betrayed by a friend that fulfilled Psalms 41.9. He was sold for 30 pieces of silver. That's in Zechariah 11. He was to have false witnesses accuse him. That's Psalms 27. He was silent when he was accused. That's Isaiah 53. Jesus was struck and spat upon. That's Isaiah 50. He was to suffer in our place. That's Isaiah 53. He was to have his hands and feet pierced. That's Psalms 22. He was mocked and insulted. That's also Psalms 22. He was to pray for his enemies. That's Psalms 109. He would have his side pierced. That's Zechariah 12. He was to have soldiers cast lots for his clothes. That's Psalms 22. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him and with his stripes we would be healed. That's Isaiah 53. We could go on and on and on and on Jesus was the fulfillment of Old Testament scripture the Old Testament announced that he would come and he came and he fulfilled it all the cross was part of the prophecy his death was part of the prophecy and tonight here we are redeemed by the blood of the lamb his whole life was a fulfillment of the divine plan of God. Is there anybody glad that he came tonight? Is there anybody glad that he came in fulfillment? He came to fulfill prophecy and that meant dying on the cross for you and me. That meant that he would be marred and mangled and mutilated and massacred. He was and he is the Lamb of God. And I want to talk quickly for just a few minutes about how Jesus is our Passover lamb and how he is revealed through the word. Because every year a Passover lamb was to be sacrificed to cover the sins of the people. This Passover lamb was to shed his blood. And hear me, there's a process that had to be met in order for this to be taken care of. The first thing you have to know about the Passover lamb in the natural, for the Jewish people, the Passover lamb had to be selected. 
The Passover lamb was selected from among a multitude of lambs. And there was a process of selection. Not just any lamb would suffice. Not just any lamb would do. Only the lamb that met the requirements of Passover. The Passover lamb was selected from among many. And the Bible said in Exodus 12, he was a male of the first year. Lambs usually live between 6 to 11 years old. So when this lamb in the natural was taken, he was taken as he was coming into his prime. He was taken as he was coming into his prime and his ability and his strength. And understand that when Jesus our Passover lamb was sacrificed. He was sacrificed in his prime. He was in his prime as a minister. He was in his prime as a man. He was in his prime in all ways. It wasn't a weak Jesus that laid his life down. It wasn't an unsuccessful Jesus that laid his life down. He was a lamb of God that was in his prime. He was at his best. You know why? Because God requires the best. Jesus was not weak. Jesus was not frail. He was at his strongest. And that's what was brought to God the best. God requires the best. And I don't know about you, but as I stand here on this good Friday night, I want to give God my best because he gave his best for me. I don't want to be half-stepping with the Lord. I want to give him the very best that I have. So understand that the lamb was chosen. But we must understand that lamb, he, he was chosen. And when that lamb was chosen, there's great revelation and application there. Because the Bible said in Revelations 13, 8, all who dwell on earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the lamb's book of life. The lamb slain before the foundation of the earth now remember he was chosen he was at his best and the Bible says the lamb was slain before the foundations of the world somebody say before See, this is extremely significant. Now, since the Christ died at a specific time, in a specific place 2,000 years ago, we know where he died, and we know when he died. What does the Bible mean then when it says he was slain before? Somebody say before. Come on, I want to hear you say before. See, it's logical to assume that if he was slain before the foundations of the world, that he was selected before the foundations of the world. Before the world was ever created, he was selected. Before man ever fell, he was selected. That means before he ever created humanity, God already knew that man would fail and man would fall. And Jesus knew already that he would become the Lamb of God because the Bible says in Genesis, let us make man in our own image. How many of you know that God wasn't schizophrenic when he said let us make man in our own image the word us there is the Hebrew word Elohim it means God's plural it literally means God's translated three it is God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Ghost ah. hear me in this room 
Jesus knew already, even all the way back then, that he would become the Lamb of God to restore fallen humanity. And maybe you're here tonight and you failed. Maybe you're here tonight and you haven't gotten everything right. Maybe you're here tonight and you've stumbled and you've fumbled and you haven't done things as you should. But may I say this, when we rehearse that he was slain before the foundations of the earth, it tells me that our failures, man's failures, never surprised God. Before man failed, God already provided a way of restoration. Before man ever failed, God provided a way for him to be able to get back up again. That right there is something to get thankful for. That right there is something to get happy about because my failure never surprises God. Somebody say never. My failure, my struggle never surprises God. Somebody say never. So that means before I ever failed, that means before I ever stumbled, that means before I ever sinned, he had already provided a way for me to be restored. I don't know if you can handle this tonight, but my answer is older than my problem. Tell your neighbor, my answer is older than my problem. Yeah, yeah, how can that be? Only God could do that. He already solved the problem before I even had it. He already made a way before I even encountered the issue. He already made a way. My answer is older than my problem. If you believe that, give him some praise here tonight. Oh, hallelujah. What does that mean? I know this is deep water, but you're the Good Friday crowd. I believe you can go a little bit deep with me. What does that mean, Pastor Rayleigh? That means God finished it before he started it. See, that's not how a man works. A man has to start it and a man has to finish it. But God said, I can finish it and go back to the front and start it. I finish it before I start it. He was chosen to be the Lamb of God before there was ever a need for a sacrifice. I'm about to preach myself happy tonight. I said he was chosen to be the Lamb of God before there was ever even a need for a sacrifice. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.18, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but it was the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen. Somebody say before before the creation of the world, but it was revealed in these last times for your sakes. See, in the Old Testament, all these natural lambs were chosen four days before Passover. Jesus, our lamb, was chosen before the foundations of the world. Watch it now. These natural lambs, four days, four days before Passover, but Jesus was chosen, this Lamb of God, before the creation of the earth. Now, I know what you're thinking. How could he be slain before? Because the Bible said he was slain before the foundations of the earth. How could he be slain before? 
Oh, I wish you could get there with me. How could he be slain before? How could he be slain before he was slain? How could he be slain before he went to the cross? Now, now, now chosen, yes, I can get with you there, pastor. But slain, I'm struggling. I don't understand that. But remember, God is omniscient. What does omniscient mean? Omniscient is two words. It's omniscience. It means he's all-knowing. God is also omnipresent. What does that mean? He's everywhere. He's everywhere all at once. He's in the past, the present, and the future. Because time is not bound by God. Come on now. Now I said, I said God is not bound by time. Time is bound by God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, I feel like preaching. God is all-knowing. He's all-present. He's everywhere. He looked through time and eternity, and he knew all that the Lamb Jesus Christ would accomplish. He knew all that he would do in saving and redeeming and restoring and justifying humanity, making a way for you, putting your world back together, seeing you redeemed, forgiven of your past, able to start all over again. He saw it already because he, he's omniscient. He's omnipresent. And see, in God's eyes, it was as good as done, even though it wasn't revealed until 2,000 years later. <laughs> Peter said it was revealed for your sakes. Can I just park here for just a minute? Can I encourage somebody relative to your relationship with God? There are some things in your life, some breakthroughs in your life that have not manifested yet. They have not been revealed yet. But Peter said it was revealed for your sake. There are things you haven't seen yet. There are things that have not been revealed yet. There are plans and purposes and promises that God has made you that have not been revealed yet. And in the natural, when we don't see it, we grow concerned. In the natural, when we don't see it yet, we get upset and get concerned. But the Lord brought me here to tell you that God is not sweating your situation never is anything taking him by surprise nothing you're facing is shocking God mm. See, when God looked down into eternity, he said, it's as good as done. It's as good as done. Tell your neighbor, it's as good as done. Yet God knows that whatever he promised you, it's as good as done. Are you hearing me? Your breakthrough is as good as done. Stay in his plan. Stay in his will. Stay in his presence. Stay in pursuit of him. It's as good as done. The salvation of your children, it's as good as done. The restoration of your family, it's as good as done. The financial miracle that you need, it's as good as done. Because that's the way God works. He finishes it before he starts it. Somebody ought to give the Lord a praise. neighbor it's as good as done that's why we praise for what we do not see that's why we thank God before we have it that's why we clap when we don't see it because if God said it it is settled and it is as good as done Peter said it was revealed at this time for your sakes and you don't even know but the Lord is about to reveal some things at this time for your sakes it is as good as done give the Lord praise if you believe it 
Now, tell your neighbor it's as good as done. My, my. See, I'm just waiting for it to be revealed. I'm just waiting for it to manifest. It's as good as done. He finished it, huh, and then he started it. Hallelujah. See, the blood and the sacrifice of the natural Passover lamb moving on was effective only for that time and for that season. The blood of that natural Passover lamb 2,000 years ago before Christ shed his foot on the cross, that natural lamb was only effective for a time and for a season. And it only worked for whichever family it was sacrificed for. That lamb, that natural lamb's sacrifice was temporal and it was limited. But the lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the world. There is so much power in the lamb slain before the foundations of the earth that even those Old Testament saints are now washed in the same blood as you and I. Somebody's about to get this deep down in your spirit. I said even those Old Testament saints are now washed in the same blood as you and I. That blood, somebody say that blood. The blood of the Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, reaches back into the past and redeems the past. Reaches right into the present and redeems the present and even goes into your future. And redeems your future. If that blood of Christ can reach all the way back into the time of Adam and Eve and erase their sin. Do you think the blood of the lamb has any trouble with your past? 4,000 years, four years, four months, four days, four minutes, four seconds. It makes no difference to the lamb of God. He can reach back and redeem anything that you've ever done and cover it with the blood. There is nothing you've gotten yourself into that the blood cannot cover and cancel. Somebody ought to give him praise tonight. nothing I ever deal with will be able to stop the Lamb of God that is slain before the foundations of the earth. The Lamb was chosen. The Lamb was selected. Watch this. The Lamb was also observed. On the 10th day of Nisan, the Lamb was chosen. Then it had to be observed. For the next four days, the Lamb was brought into the homes of the Jewish people to verify that, that this lamb met the qualifications for the Passover sacrifice. Now this is powerful in a myriad of ways. First, in light of the fact that our lamb, Jesus Christ, was observed. And being observed as the lamb of God, he was required to fulfill certain qualifications. Because Exodus 12, 5 says your lamb shall be without blemish. And the word blemish there means complete. It means perfect, without spot, undefiled, and whole. So the four days they observed this natural lamb. And for 33 years we observed the lamb of God. And we found him to be complete. 
We found him to be perfect. We found him to be without spot. We found him to be undefiled and we found him to be whole. Hallelujah. Now watch this. The four days they would observe that natural lamb, they would bring him into their homes. And, and they would bring that lamb into their homes. And, and, and they would, many times, the children would begin to love that lamb because that lamb was right in the home. And I want to tell you how we need to make sure that the lamb of God is living in our home. Oh, I don't want to leave him at church. I want to take him home with me. I don't want to just come by and see him on Sunday. I don't want to see him once a week or once a month or every time I stop by church on Easter or at Christmas time. Here's the question. Have you taken the lamb home with you? Have you taken the lamb home with you? Is he at your home? When you have the lamb at your home, everything changes. When you observe the goodness of the lamb, the righteousness of the lamb, the faithfulness of the lamb, it affects your life. Everything is affected when you get the lamb in the house. It'll affect the way you treat your family. It'll affect the things you watch on TV. It'll affect the way you talk. It'll wear, y'all ain't saying nothing now. When you get the lamb in the house, see the truth is you think you come to see the lamb. No baby, you need to take the lamb to the house. I want the lamb to live in my home. If you want the lamb to live in your home, give the Lord a praise right now. The Jews were instructed then to bring the lamb into their homes and then to observe him. You know, we may not always know how to act or what to do, but if we can learn to watch the lamb, the lamb is undefiled, watch the lamb. The lamb is kind, watch the lamb. The lamb is sincere, watch the lamb. The lamb has no agenda, behold the lamb. The lamb is peaceful, behold the lamb. The lamb is consistently full of love. Behold the lamb. The lamb loves the unlovely. Behold the lamb. The lamb does not flow in anger. Behold the lamb. How many of you want to observe the lamb? Behold the lamb and watch the lamb. The Jews observed the lamb for four days to make sure that he was without blemish. But blemish can also be used in a moral sense. Jesus, the lamb, was observed for 33 years and he was perfect, y'all. He was spot on and he was spotless. He was undefiled and he made a way. He was perfect. He was perfect, sinless, pure, and innocent, our sacrificial lamb. He never lied. He never lusted. He was never vindictive. He never was nasty. He never betrayed anybody. But he was lying after. He, was, he, he, he had people who were vindictive toward him. He dealt with nasty people. But he was remaining faithful because that was his call. He was observed and found faithful. Tell your neighbor, oh, how I love the lamb. Oh, can you tell him? Say, his perfection secured my redemption. He made a way right out of no way for me. His perfection secured my redemption. Somebody give the lamb a little bit of praise in here tonight. God knew and understood that I would need a lamb even before I did. He understood that even before you needed a lamb, before you even knew you needed a lamb, he knew you would need one. And God promised there would be one who would come and balance the scales. He would come and defeat the devil. 
he would come and overwhelm the enemy. He would come and overwhelm and defeat evil. And he would deliver humanity. And for thousands of years, man waited. And while man waited, God worked. While man waited, God worked. And here's what the devil doesn't want you to know tonight. While you're waiting, God is working. Tell your neighbor while you're waiting, God is working. Maybe you don't see it with your children yet. Maybe you don't see it with your family yet. Maybe you don't see it with that dad yet or that mom yet or that husband yet. But I stopped by to tell you that that cross testifies that while you're waiting, God is working. Oh, he's working behind the scenes. He's working in ways you don't even know anything about. He's moving what you can't move. He's shifting what you can't shift. He's touching what you can't touch. He's changing what you can't change. He's turning things around right now. He's setting things up right now. While you're waiting, God is working. If you believe that God is working, give the Lord a praise right now. Adam could stand before you tonight. Adam would tell you, I didn't know it then, but God was working. I would tell you, Abraham would say, God is working. Jacob would tell you, God is working. Isaac would tell you, God was working. David would tell you, God was working. Job would tell you, God was working. And I want to tell you tonight, be encouraged, because while you're waiting, God is working. Isaiah would say God is working. Zephaniah would say God is working. Zechariah would say God is working. Hosea would say God is working. I want you to understand Daniel would say God is working. But God would say God is working. And Josh would say God is working. And Jim would say God is working. While you're waiting, God is working. My answer came before my problem because the Bible said he was chosen before the foundation of the world. The Lamb of God my lamb somebody say my lamb my lamb he had already established the answer for man's failure before he even created him for I know the plans I think toward you saith the Lord plans to prosper you and give you, an, give you a victorious and effective end. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Somebody say before. And I ordained you to be a prophet. He was chosen, 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 chosen for the creation of the world. 
That means when God made the trees on the third day of creation, he knew his son, the Lamb of God, would hang on a tree. He knew it. That means when God cursed the ground after the fall of man, he knew that the thorns that came after the curse would be woven into a crown and pounded on the head of his son and his son would be pierced, the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. Today, stop trying to measure up and stop living bound. Just behold the Lamb. Stop trying to be good enough because that's an impossibility. Just behold the Lamb. And trust Him that if He had an answer before man ever fell, He has an answer for you. He has an answer for your family. So 2,000 years ago, the Lamb of God slain before the foundations of the earth. This lamb on Friday night came and laid down his life. It began this process in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed until his sweat became as drops of blood. He prayed under so much pressure until his sweat glands produced sweat that oozed into his veins and his veins began to swell up and the blood came into his sweat glands and he began to sweat blood. The Bible said being in agony. I've been in that garden many, many times. It's called the Garden of Gethsemane. The amazing thing about it, I was just there. And the trees that are in that same garden that you stand in on the side of the Mount of Olives, you look right over into old Jerusalem, these trees live for thousands of years. They don't die, they just send up another shoot. So they continually grow. That means that those trees where we were just a few weeks ago witnessed Jesus praying in that garden. And that fountain was unsealed and his blood began to flow. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane. If you transliterate that word, it means the place of the oil press. It's the place of pressure. Jesus is there under such great pressure. But it was the bruising that would bring the blessing. Jesus is being pressed, and they had olives in those days, and there was a particular olive that they would press on, and that pressure in that olive it released a red oil. 
And isn't it something that Jesus knelt in that garden and produced red blood? Oil is the anointing, and the blood is redemption. Jesus is in that garden praying. Many people think he won the battle on the cross. But here's where he went. He won the battle. He said, uh, Father, if it be your will, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to be mutilated. I don't want to be massacred. I don't want to die. I don't want the rubbery mucus of the to hang on my body from the throats of the people who hate me. I don't want my back to be plowed up and my beard to be plucked out. I don't want to hang naked before my mother. If it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But then there's a word. Nevertheless, that's where he tipped the scales. That's where he became in fulfillment the Lamb of God. Not my will, but yours be done. Let me become man's answer. Let me make a way. Let me open up heaven. Let me restore the fallen. They beat him. They abused him. They lacerated his precious body. They beat him with the cat of nine tails. It ripped furrows in his back because the whip was designed in such a way that it would attach itself at the nap of his neck all the way down to his buttocks. And it fulfilled Psalms where it said, they plowed my back up like a field. I read one doctor's account and it said, very likely, you could see the upper bowel of the Lord protruding. They beat him mercilessly. This barrel-chested soldier struck him 39 times. Most people did not even survive the scourging. But Jesus. Jesus paid it all. All. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all. Just you, John. All to him I owe. Sin. 
say before before we ever had a problem he was already the answer but Peter said it was revealed at this time for your sakes Pastor Don I want you to get your mic and I want you to pray for all these thousands of names that are on these signs I want everybody to stretch your hands out toward these. We're praying for Willie and Pat and Scarlett and Stephanie and Gwen and Lisa and Bobby and Tommy and Jen and Kendall and Richie and the Parks family and the Baileys and Tyler, my family, my lost sons, Abe and Nathan, person after person after person after person. But before they ever had a problem, Jesus had already made a way to be the answer. Will you pray? Yes. Everybody stand and let's pray. I want to just share there's one scripture that really encourages me when I have lost loved ones. And we see so many here that are away from Christ. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians that says, Paul said it, if our gospel be hid it is hid from those who are lost because the god of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe to keep them from the light of the glorious gospel of jesus christ which is the image of christ to shine upon them so many believers i mean so many unbelievers these you love that have not ever accepted christ they believe that it has been their free will that they choose not to accept christ you have people, you know people like that, but really that's not true. It's that the God of this world, Satan, has blinded them from seeing Christ as he is. So that encourages me in the power of my intercession to know that we can take authority. The Bible says you first bind the strong man, then you walk in his house and you take the spoil. And you have the power to do that. Your prayers interrupt the plans of the enemy that he's using against your friends and your loved ones. They're not freely choosing it. It's the enemy controlling them and keeping them blind. So we pray tonight those blinders removed in the name of Jesus. So stretch your hands towards them and, and do that tonight over those that you love, that you've written up here. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we see all of these names, God, so many that we love, that we want to see born again, washed in the blood of Jesus and on their way to heaven. And we know that no one comes to the Father unless they are drawn by the Spirit of God. No one comes to Jesus unless the Spirit draws him. Just as you have drawn us, we pray, God, that your Spirit would yes, be free and loose to move upon yes, these that are on this board, God, to draw them, to draw them. Lord, we remember the day that you drew us and our eyes became open and our minds Hallelujah. believed and saw you for who Hallelujah. you were. 
and we take authority over the enemy tonight we bind Satan tonight and we command that spirit that work against them yes. and keeps them blind we tell you Satan stop it now in the name of Jesus stop your works against them in the name of Jesus Hallelujah. we declare freedom over them freedom to them and their eyes be open yes. to have a revelation of the image of Jesus yes. Christ all that he has done for them all that he can and will provide for them and for their life in the name of Jesus Lord we pray that they will come as they have been invited to services this weekend that they will come and Lord as they sit in this place that the presence of God would get a hold of their heart and draw them to salvation in Jesus name somebody shout amen and amen. declare the name of Jesus Hallelujah. How many of you are thankful for the Lamb of God tonight? Don't leave him at church. Take him home with you. Amen. 2,000 years ago, I was just at this place that is described in the Bible. Jesus instructed his disciples to go to this upper room. And he gathered them there. And he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that is broken for you. If you don't have elements, if you'll just slip up your hands, some of our ushers will come to you. There's some in the back, precious. All over, just hold your hands up and our guys will get to you. Over here. Whatever you're going to sing, John, just go ahead and sing, son. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead oh praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the your sunning in a divine light and I want you to see the price that Jesus paid because Isaiah said never was a man marred like this man but hear me as we hold this bread before him we make the declaration that makes demons tremble we declare that with his stripes we are healed that through his broken body we are redeemed we hold this before you, Lord, and we say thank you for every strike. We say thank you for everything that you did for us, Lord. Thank you for every nail. We give you praise, and you might partake. Now, we 
hold this cup before you on Good Friday. Can we say thank you for the blood? Is there anyone in church tonight on Good Friday that still believes in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ? Hold that up before him and just tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I know it's the blood for me. Yes, yes, yes. I'm here because I'm washed in the blood. I'm saved because I'm washed in the blood. I'm redeemed because I'm washed in the blood. I'm made, I'm made new because I'm washed in the blood. I know it's the blood for me. And so, Lord, we raise this before you. We tell you thank you. Thank you for the blood. We remember you. You might partake in Jesus' name. John sing, son, and let's worship together. Slip up your hands, everybody. Sing. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life. problem you have that the blood can't take care of I said it in the message and I'll say it again if the blood of Jesus can reach all the way back into the time of Adam and erase sin know this the blood doesn't have a single problem with any issue that you're dealing with the blood can take care of it tonight so on this good Friday I bless you in the name of Jesus and I remind you that Jesus paid every debt that you would ever owe. And there is nothing you've gotten yourself into, nothing in your past, nothing you're struggling with now, and not one thing in your future that you will ever contend with that the blood has not already been sufficed to take care of your issues. We give the Lord praise on Good Friday and tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, it might be Friday in your life, but Sunday is on the way.